Good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Um, today, we're going to talk about this government shutdown. And uh, we're going to talk about what the government shutdown uh, means, uh, particularly for those of you that are invested or those of you that are wondering uh, just what things are looking like right now. Uh, I believe that the government is going to shut down, uh, even though there are some efforts last minute to try to avert a shutdown. But um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit and we're going to sort of break down uh, just this government and how it, it can affect your economic future. So get comfortable. Buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on DrBoyceTV.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Morning, everybody. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, I am actually at the, the Wealth and Power Conference. I'm, I'm a keynote speaker here at this conference in Austin, Texas. So that means that I get the pleasure of dealing with crappy Internet Wi-Fi. Yes, y'all know what it is. You, you know what happens when you stay at a hotel. The Wi-Fi is garbage. And that's why you do not get to see my face on screen today, because I have to go straight audio. So uh, I so first thing I got to do here, since I'm dealing with crappy Internet Wi-Fi, is ask y'all, can y'all hear me? Can you give me a yes in the chat? Give me a quick yes to let me know that my audio is coming through OK so that I don't have to punch a hole in the wall because the audio is bad, too. In addition to the because if I was doing video, y'all wouldn't even recognize me because the, the, the crappy Internet Wi-Fi, crap, crappy hotel Wi-Fi does not give you good video. But I want to make sure my audio is good. Can you all hear me? Because it's more important than you hear, that you hear me than you see me. Because then you'd be, if you had to look at me, you'd be distracted by my stunning good looks. My wife tells me I'm handsome. And uh, and I just believe her because, you know, when a smart, beautiful black woman talks to you, you got to listen. And uh, so anyway, and there, there's my wife, by the way. I, I always feel more comfortable doing my podcast when I'm looking at my wife because she's such a pretty lady. Ain't she pretty? Don't you love her? Anyway, I'm being silly. Let me stop. Well, speaking of my wife, last night my wife and I went live to talk about uh, this interesting topic with Tupac Shakur uh, on DrBoysTV.com. We actually talked about Tupac as a billion dollar asset that he was and how the Biggie Pac murder. Most people don't talk about it this way. Most people haven't mentioned this. I've never seen it anywhere else. But the Biggie Pac murders were really a type of economic warfare. Like if you think about how much money Tupac was worth, how much his voice on a record uh, would sell that record and that converts into cash. I want you to understand that this wasn't just uh, the loss of two uh, brilliant, amazing young black men, but it was also a version of economic warfare. And, and also my wife, with her being a therapist and an expert on things like trauma and conflict resolution, one of the things that we have to understand, and again, you're not going to hear this anywhere else except for the black business school, is that we must learn how to uh, embrace conflict resolution skill as a form of economic preservation. Give me a yes if you understand how fighting and killing each other and kicking each other's butts and trying to destroy each other is not fertile economic soil 
for us to build wealth? Give me a yes if you follow what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you understand why a finance professor can look at the Biggie Pock homicides and literally say, oh, that was the destruction of, of at least a couple billion dollars of black wealth where both of these two billion dollar assets were killed in a situation that could have easily been avoided. And the reason I bring this up also is because this happens in a lot of your own families. A lot of y'all are fighting with your own siblings. You're fighting with your own parents. Some of you are fighting with your kids. Some of you are fighting with your cousins. And, and remember, these are people that if you all had, uh, if you all embraced conflict resolution skill, which many black therapists can teach you, there are tons of black therapists that can teach you these things. Uh, conflict resolution skill preserves wealth because instead of fighting with somebody, you're actually building with that person, which makes you much stronger at the end. OK, so anyway, my wife and I discussed this last night on drboystv.com. Also, don't forget this podcast is on Spotify. It's also on Apple. And also my wife's website is coachingwithdralicia.com. If you want to go see what she does as a therapist, she works with lots and lots of people from our community. Uh, she's kind of becoming the, the the black man's therapist because in the black woman's therapist, because most a lot of you all are already seeing her uh, directly. And so she uh, she loves talking to people. So if you want to pick up those skills, feel free to do that. All right. So anyway, let me get back to it. All right. So let's talk about this government situation, government shutdown. How many of you have heard what's been going on with uh, the government and the fact that the government may end up uh collapsing again as it always does uh and uh and it's just a complete mess it's absolutely terrible congress um your politicians that's another great uh destroyer of wealth in america i think right now this capitalism thing is working out really well for the u.s i think long term it could be an issue i think long term we're going to experience uh consequences for the fact that we don't invest in our children and also we don't really invest in our people we don't even uh support labor unions anymore and um and this is why you have these the auto workers strike and and some of the other things going on because uh we we don't support uh the things that we need to support to be a strong country well this government's about to shut down again, and uh, it looks like they're trying to avert a shutdown. But uh, my indicators, my spidey senses, tell me that there uh, that there will be a shutdown. And uh, but I'm going to read the latest to you and kind of give you a Dr. Boyce breakdown on some of this. And also, if you stick around to the end of the video, I will let you guys know a stock to buy. Uh, some of you came in when I sent you all the profit alerts. So, um, and also, if you want to get those profit alerts sent to you via text. Just text the word stock to 31996. You could text the word stock to 31996. All right. So uh, here's what it says in CNBC. It says lawmakers returned to Congress on Saturday with no clear path to resolving a squabble. See, remember, I told you that word squabble fighting when you're in fighting with each other, you lose wealth. A lot of people are going to get hurt because your politicians are a bunch of nine year olds who happen to look like 80 year olds, but they're nine year olds. They're, they're 80 year olds with a nine year old brain. Uh, and they're squabbling constantly. And uh, these squabbles, it appears likely to close wide swaths of the federal government, according to CNBC. On the other side of the Capitol, the Democratic-controlled Senate is due to advance a stopgap funding bill, but a final vote might not come for days. Stopgap funding bill. So that's kind of like, you know, in my view, I see that almost like an economic Band-Aid. Like, OK, we can't really solve the, the root problem in our society, in our government. Right. The root problem is that your politicians are ridiculous. They fight each other constantly. They don't look for the middle ground. They don't look for compromise. I mean, only suckers want to compromise, right? And save the country. That makes you a simp if you actually want to work together. I mean, my gosh, why, why work together when you can just destroy each other and destroy your nation in the process? But basically, um, uh, this, this squabbling uh, is, is, is causing a, a lot of economic pain. 
And uh, and so the stopgap funding bill, not a long term solution, it's a short term solution, uh, is is their latest hope. They said hundreds of thousands of federal employees will lack the funding to do their jobs if the two chambers do not send a spending bill for Democratic President Joe Biden to sign into law by 12.01 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Now, tell me in the chat. I can't remember. What day is it again? What day? This this bill has to come out by Sunday morning, 12.01. What day is it, y'all? I, I can't. I, my brain, I, you know, I'm, I'm 52 now. I'm trying to remember what day it is. I got to remember what I'm speaking at the Wealth and Power Conference in Austin, Texas this week. So I, I, I think I speak on Saturday. Is today Saturday? I think, yeah, today's Saturday. So 12.01 Sunday, if they don't sign this bill, the government shuts down. Um. Lots of people are going to get hurt. Lots of black people are going to get hurt. You know, lots. Of, I know lots of wealthy, you know, black people in Prince George's County got good government jobs, making good money. Um, their economic uh, security is in jeopardy, and uh, and I and my heart goes out to you. My heart really goes out to you. And I will tell you, um, uh, the black business school is safe from that. You know, one thing about the black business school. Uh, we just we just spent on you know between a quarter million and three hundred thousand uh, dollars to prepare for the all black national convention, and I'm very proud to say that we we do these things without any government money. Um, I don't want money from the government. We also do this without any corporate sponsorship. And uh, and by the way, if you do want to join us, uh, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. We meet in Atlanta, October thirty sorry October twentieth through the twenty second. Uh, in Atlanta. Um, millions of people have come to our conventions and, and loved it and participated in the things that we've done online. And uh, and we're really proud to know that without any support from any of these entities, uh, we've been able to change the culture. We've got rappers rapping about black wealth. You've got all kinds of other uh, movements that have popped out of this. So we're really proud of the fact that we've been doing this consistently. So if you'd like to join us in Atlanta, uh, my wife and I will be there along with four, over 40 black experts. And, uh, it, you know, it's a great place to network. You can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. It, and somebody said, I, I don't believe that. You, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you 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 paid a quarter million dollars for this convention. I said, brother, the, the AV alone was $76,000. That didn't include the hotels and the flights and the shipping and everything else. So so these conventions are not cheap. You know, so if you ever wonder, you know, what, what are they doing with their money? When, when I buy a book from Dr. Boyce, what's, what's, what's he doing with my money? Well, this is what we're doing. We're investing in brain trust. We're investing in bringing together the smartest, most capable black people on the planet to solve problems specifically for the black community. And the thing about freedom is that freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. You got to pay to somebody's got to pay the cost. If you don't pay the cost, then guess what? You get, uh, you know, black liberation brought to you by McDonald's. That's that's there will never be black liberation brought to you by McDonald's or Walmart or Target. Uh, black liberation can only be brought to you by black people. Uh, if you don't uh, pay your own bills, guess what? You get, unfortunately, the Congressional Black Caucus, which says we'll give you money as long as you vote for the person we tell you to vote for. Uh, we don't have to vote for anybody. So at the convention, we don't care if you're a Democrat a Republican, independent, or whether you vote or not, gay, straight, male, female, I don't care, as long as you're black first. And uh, all of our experts uh, understand this, and we're here to do one thing, which is solve problems for our community. We're getting it done. We are doing it at a level no one else has, has done since Marcus Garvey. So uh, feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com if you'd like to join us. Uh, it, it is real. The revolution is happening now. And uh, millions of our people are participating. So anyway, hit that thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share. Make sure you subscribe. 
Um, and uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. So let's get back to the government shutdown. So uh, some of you have asked me, how is the government shutdown going to affect your stocks? So uh, what I'm going to do is kind of give you a breakdown of how it should impact the stock market. Uh, give me a yes if you're a stock market investor. I hope you're an investor. Give me a yes. I, I want to get to a point. My dream, Dr. King had a dream, you know, uh, a, you know, little white girls, little black boys holding hands. I, I don't dream about holding hands with a white girl. I, I'd rather hold hands with my wife. Uh, my dream is that one day when I say, how many of you are investing in the stock market? Um, all of you will say yes. All of you will say yes. Why? Well, because when I was on the faculty at Syracuse University, uh, the number one thing I remember uh, reading in re academic research was that stock market investing is the leading variable that determines the difference between uh, what makes someone middle class and wealthy. This is the data, y'all. This is not my opinion. This is the data. This is mathematically proven. So uh, I'm hoping that everybody says yes. If you if you, your answer is no, that's OK. Um, you know, I, we have something called a five dollar a day investing plan that can get you started. Very easy to do. Uh, all you have to do is text the word stock to 31996 and I will send it to you for free. It's totally free. Text stock to 31996. You can also find it on my website, boycewatkins.com. Uh, it's so easy that a, that a five-year-old can do it, but it's very important that you participate uh, in the, in this economic situation. I, I, told, I talked to a sister the other day. She did a, a consultation with me and I said, um, I think that the best way, and not even I think I know, that uh, even though we can't predict the future, we don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty out here. There's a lot of things we don't know in the, about what the future holds. I said, but one thing we do know is that Microsoft will never forget how to make money. One thing we do know is that Apple and Amazon are always going to know how to make money. No matter what the economic conditions are, they're going to learn how to make money. So if you are invested in these companies, pay attention now. If you're invested in Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and some of the big corporations that are out here that are making money, then you know, you're probably going to do well because, uh, you know, if you tie your boat onto their boat, then their boat is never going to sink. So uh, so it's little things like this that make a big difference in your economic survival. So I hope you'll consider that. So just go to boycewalkins.com. We can get you started. It's totally free. Um, I just want to help you. All right. So uh, with this uh, situation with the uh, government shutdown, here's what uh, the general consensus is in terms of what happens to the market when the government shuts down? Uh, the answer, the short answer is nothing, really. Uh, I was really shocked. I, I did some research on this, and the, and the data says that the stock market doesn't really react much to government shutdowns. It, it just doesn't. It, it tends to actually it not go, not only does it not go down, but it tends to actually go up a little bit, <laughs> which which is crazy, right? Like, you know, because it's this, it's this massive shock, economically speaking, a lot of people get hurt financially when the government shuts down. But what the stock market knows, the stock market is pretty smart. And what the stock market knows is they know the difference. It knows the difference between, you know, short term issues and long term issues. It, it doesn't respond to children fighting, you know, on, on Capitol Hill. It just doesn't. And so effectively, if you if you look at the history, the stock market has typically uh, not only not gone down, but it's actually gone up a little bit during the shutdowns. Now, if you get lucky enough to have a market decline during the shutdown, again, this is based on history. Nobody can predict the future. But if you get lucky enough to see the market kind of crash temporarily as a result of the announcement of a shutdown, well, that might be an investing opportunity. That might be a chance to get in there and find you a high quality company. Find you, you know, just like just like I, you know, when I met when I met my beautiful wife, I saw this beautiful, pretty black woman, and I said, okay, that's that's an asset I want to invest in because she's got lots of assets, and uh, not, I'm not talking about her booty, I'm talking about her brains, 
I'm, I'm not being stupid here. I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, and uh, and sometimes you can make that investment in a good quality company while the price drops a little bit, right? While the market kind of is reacting to these temporary issues. Um, I encourage you as an investor to always remember to think about, think long-term, think about the big picture. That's extremely important. So here's what it says in CNBC. They said a government shutdown looming on the horizon could dampen market sentiment to start October, even as Wall Street wraps up what's been a challenging month and quarter. Legislators are scrambling to pass spending legislation by the Saturday, September 30th deadline. Uh, if you're listening live, that's today. A failure to reach an agreement by midnight would mean a shutdown commences Sunday when government funding expires, meaning that more than two million civilian federal workers would be furloughed or working without pay. Now, when they work without pay, they are going to get their money. They're just not going to get it right away. So if you are in that category, again, my heart goes out to you. And, um, and you know, and I, I, I wish you the best in, in all of this for sure. Uh, it says many market participants expect financial markets and the economy will broadly shake off concerns from a shutdown as they have in the past. In notes earlier this month, Wells Fargo pointed out the impact of shutdowns in the past were relatively small and short lived. While RBC Capital Markets said equity market declines uh, tended to be rather mild. Still, a shutdown could make its impact felt the longer it lasts in such direct ways as hurting the economy's economic growth or delaying the release of traditional government economic data at an inopportune moment for the Federal Reserve. So right now, the Federal Reserve, who has been hiking up your interest rates like crazy to slow down the economy, to deal with an inflation problem, is not going to be able to get the data that they need to make firm decisions. So to some extent, they're going to be driving blindfolded for a little while. And that's a scary thing, right? And, you know, now maybe it's not completely scary. Um, believe it or not, um, I've been doing my pilot's training. I, to I told you guys this, and um, I'm going to get my pilot's license very soon. And uh, so now I can literally, like I can fly airplanes, you know, by myself. And it's, it's very cool. Uh, one of the parts of uh, your, your pilot's training that kind of shot me is they, they actually have you fly blindfolded. They actually put these uh, things on your uh, head. I forgot what they call it, but like they, they block your vision, and all you can see are your instruments. All you can do is look at, uh, you know, the, the the six instruments. You know, the things that tell you what altitude you're flying at. You know, what your airspeed is, stuff like that. And you can't even look outside, right? You you want to talk about mortifying? It's the craziest experience ever. So, to some extent, the Federal Reserve is going to be flying blind uh, for a little bit, which is which is a little bit of a problem right now because. There, it's one thing if you're flying blind, like to use the airplane analogy, it's one thing if I'm flying blind and there's no other airplanes around. It's another thing if I'm flying blind and I'm in the traffic pattern right above an airport and there's other planes in the area. In that case, I don't want to fly blind. That's very dangerous. So right now, this is the issue that's going on. The, the Federal Reserve can't get its data because this data comes out of the government. So to some extent, they're making decisions a little bit blind. Also, uh, if this shutdown is prolonged, if they can't come to a compromise and the government stays shut down, well, that's going to have a huge impact all throughout the economy. That's going to last quite a while. So uh, so the question, according to Rob Harworth, which I agree with, is that it's about the duration of the shutdown. That's really sort of critical. He says the market's probably going to set it aside until or unless it starts to have a larger impact on behaviors. On Friday, the market averages, so the major averages wrapped up a losing month for the quarter. Uh, the economic impact, historically, government shutdowns have been relatively short lived, though they have been longer and more disruptive recently. Because, you're, again, because you're, your government's being run by a bunch of nine-year-olds. The October 2013 shutdown resulted in a 0.3% point hit to gross domestic product in the fourth quarter of that year, according to a note from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. The 2018-2019 shutdown that lasted 35 days, the longest on record, 
hurt real GDP roughly the same. To be sure, in both instances, that direct hit to GDP soon washed out and rebounded when federal employees returned to work, according to a note from Wells Fargo economist Michael Pugilis. So, so one of the things that does happen is there could be this chance that there could be a decline in stocks because everyone's sort of shocked by the shutdown. And, and also a further decline could, could occur if the shutdown keeps going on and on and on and on and on. Um, but then there uh, could be a pop in stock prices once the shutdown ends. So if you are a person that believes the shutdown will eventually come to an end, uh, that this too shall pass, then uh, it could be a buying opportunity uh, as you see the market kind of panic and react to what could otherwise be seen as temporary information. However, I encourage you uh, to be very uh, careful about assuming that the stock market is stupid. Uh, one of the things I learned uh, after reading thousands of research papers and, and writing a bunch of them when I was on the faculty of Syracuse University uh, is that the stock market is much smarter than you think. And so information that you think that you have that the rest of the market does not have uh, is either your personal speculation or it's um, information that has been factored in that you just didn't know was factored in. Right. So uh, this is what they call market efficiency. Market efficiency is one of the most significant theories in all of finance, which basically says that when you get millions of investors that are analyzing millions of pieces of information every single day, it's hard to find that information that the, that everyone else doesn't have. Right. So so um, so as much as I wish I could tell you what's going to happen for certain, uh, the truth is that um, I've, I've studied this stuff enough to know that you can't know as much as you think you might know, right? So it's a matter of really sort of choosing uh, where do I want to, um, where do I want to lay my chicken's eggs and uh, and how is this going to work out for me if, if things don't go the way I expect them to, okay? So, uh, so again, that's my two cents on the issue. Uh, I don't think the shutdown is going to be entirely disruptive to the economy, although there are some long-term effects and factors that really do concern me. All right. So anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Just a reminder, the um, this podcast is on Spotify and Apple. So if you go to Spotify and Apple, look up my name, Boyce Watkins. You can find me there. Uh, in addition to that, um, my book, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, it's, an, it's a bestseller. Thank you all for supporting the book. Uh, it's basically a layout of cultural principles that, that will create wealth in the black community that will allow black people to uh, understand the, the secrets of economic power that wealthy families understand. Uh, one thing that people don't get and we often forget and we've never learned in some cases is how important family is to wealth. It's really impo almost impossible for the black community to become a wealthy community when you, we are overly committed to the idea of broken families. Uh, broken families can't compete with families that have a strong structure. There's a, there's a family in India, or not India, I'm sorry. Uh, so let me scratch, let me re reverse what I just said. I was on an airplane yesterday when I was flying down to Austin for the Wealth and Power Conference down in Austin, Texas. And I, I happened to sit next to a guy from India who is a, um, he is the chair of the uh, computer science department at the University of Texas. And in case you don't know, that's a really hard job to get. So I knew immediately this guy was very, very smart. And we talked for a while and, the, and I only talked to him because I looked at his laptop and I saw uh, some math equations on his screen that I hadn't seen since grad school. And I said, oh, are you a mathematician? And, uh, and we talked about what he did. But anyway, one of the things that he agreed with me on, and we talked about this because he asked me what I do. And I told him, you know, I said, yeah, we, we do. We have this thing called the Black Business School. I was on the faculty of Syracuse University. This is what I do. This is my passion. And I started talking to him about the barriers to black wealth and all the things that we've unearthed in our in our studies. And I said, this is the one problem I'm seeking to solve. This is what I've dedicated my life to. And uh, one thing that we discussed is family structure and the difference in terms of uh, how he in India 
grew up thinking about family and how important family was in terms of making your success contagious, right? How literally trying to accomplish some of these things that we're trying to accomplish without being serious about rebuilding family, how that's so hard to do. It's almost like trying to win a basketball game when when you don't have a basketball team. Uh, You cannot win a basketball game without a basketball team. Uh, You cannot win a basketball game with a basketball player. And a lot of us think that we can take a basketball player to a basketball game and defeat a basketball team. A family is a basketball team. Uh, You know, single parents, a lot of us out here. I mean, don't get me wrong. It hits everybody. But we're basketball players trying to beat entire teams. So uh, what I tell folks is one thing in general is figure out who your teammates are going to be. You know, sometimes God deals us an ugly hand. You know, my father was not there when I was born. Uh, I've had relationships fall apart that could have been beneficial to me. Uh, But at the same time, I found wonderful teammates who are like minded people. And they just happen to be my brother from another mother or my, you know, or my, my sister from another mister, you know, who basically just um, saw the I do. And I encourage you to look for those people. So this is why we created the All Black National Convention so you can find your people. So uh, feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com. We meet October 20th in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. Uh, Victory Boyd from Rock Nation is going to, uh, and her family, they're going to perform again this year. You, you guys loved that family. It's an amazing B1 family that's famous. They're known all around the world now because they're so good at what they do. Victory is so good that she sang for Jay-Z, and Jay-Z signed her on the spot. He literally signed her on the spot because her voice was so angelic and beautiful. And the crazy thing is that she has two sisters that sing as well as she does and a bro- two brothers that are extremely talented. So this family is going to be performing at this year's All Black National Convention. I'm, I'm very proud of that. And it's also a great place uh, to meet people. It's an awesome family reunion. So allblacknationalconvention.com. And also for my book, if you go to boycewalkins.com or drboycebooks.com, you can get a copy of my book. Um, I hope you'll feel free to uh, take a look. All right. So let me um, summarize this. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a stock that I like that you can carry away and you can decide if you want to invest or not. I don't give investing advice here, but I do tell you uh, what I'm invested in. So um, I'll share that with you in a second. All right. So let's finish up on the shutdown and what the shutdown likely means uh, for investors and also for the economy. Now, uh, one thing that they also mentioned here, I'm reading this article on CNBC. They said that while the the shutdown affects government workers, it would also delay payments for government contractors. That leads to a bigger ripple effect all throughout the economy, resulting in a loss of some economic activity the longer it takes to restore uh, operations. What's more is it could hurt consumer sentiment. Consumer sentiment is basically how confident consumers feel spending their money, right? So if you think about this, give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no. Does a government shutdown make you a little bit nervous about spending money? Yes or no? Does does the government shutdown make you wonder how the economy is going to do long term? Uh, yes or no? Like, does it affect you? You know, if you're going out and you're thinking about buying a new car or buying a new refrigerator or whatever, does the government shutdown sort of make you feel like, OK, maybe we're on shaky ground. Maybe I need to save my money. Maybe I need to be a little bit more careful. Uh, what do you think? Yes or no? Uh, you know, a lot of people say yes. Right. So this is what you call consumer sentiment. Uh, when consumers start getting scared, that slows down economic activity. So this is another area in which the government shutdown could impact uh, the economy. So it says here, quote, I think the most direct impact will be kind of an uncertainty premium. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. Being put in the market that typically means lower price earnings multiples, maybe higher fixed ratios, higher volatility, maybe some flight to safety, some demand for treasuries, says banks, uh, U.S. banks, Hayworth. That's how the market will try and accommodate the uncertainty. So the operative word in that statement right there is uncertainty. That's the operative word. And what uncertainty does 
according to nearly every financial model in the universe, because that's where these stock prices come from. There are equations and formulas we learn that tell you what, a, what the price of, a, of an asset should be. That's how I was able to, to tell you that Tupac and Biggie were billion dollar assets, because you can literally value Tupac and Biggie's economic impact the same way you, you could value them if they were stocks. You know, you, you really could, or Diddy, you know, who unfortunately Diddy, Diddy needs to watch out because a lot of people are suspicious of him right now because he's connected to the guy that got arrested. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, you know, don't forget, I'm not a finance professor who happens to be black. I'm a black man who happens to be a finance professor. So I kept up with all this stuff. But anyway, um, you know, so what, what, what happens is that uncertainty can reduce the value of an asset because there's additional risk. And in economics, there is a relationship between the risk of an asset and the reward of the asset. So typically what, so what they're basically saying is that because uh, the market is facing so much uncertainty, that indicates risk. And risk tends to pull down the value of, the, of assets, which inherently is supposed to increase uh, the amount of return that you get, the, the ROI you receive if everything works out okay. Right. So uh, effectively, it's like if you go buy a car and the car is twenty thousand dollars and they someone says, well, you know, there's a 50 percent chance this car is going to break down in the next two years. You might still buy the car, but you might only pay fifteen thousand. Right. Because, you're, you know, you're taking an additional risk. So you reduce the price uh, so that if the car does work out, it's going to be it's going to turn into a really great deal. Right. You're going to be like, wow, I only pay fifteen thousand dollars for this car and it, it worked out really well. But you also know what you're getting into. Right. So that risk reduces the price, which also reduces the reward if everything works out OK. Right. So effectively, that's what they're saying about this government shutdown, that the risk of the shutdown, the risk of what could go wrong, the reduction in, in consumer sentiment, all of the stress and, and concern that might uh, reverberate throughout the economy is going to cause or could cause theoretically stock prices to temporarily decline, which uh, if you are about that life, if you like a little bit of risk in your portfolio, uh, you know, a chance to make some money, then this might be a chance to go ahead and invest. But you have to be careful because the thing about risk is that risk is very risky. The thing about risk is that risk does not always work out well. Uh, when you invest, you must always understand that there's a chance that you could lose money instead of make money. So never, ever make the mistake of believing that every investor is balling out of control and constantly making money. That is simply not true. People that invest are people that are willing to take the ups and the downs because the long term, the ups tend to outweigh the downs. And that's how you end up making your money. It's a long term play. It's 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 uh, it's a bit sort of a big picture kind of thing. It's not something where you're always going to make money every single time you invest. So if you're a person who cannot tolerate or stomach the idea of, of losing money, then you should probably invest in something super safe like treasury bills, where it's going to be really boring. You're not going to make a ton of money, but you know that your money is very, very safe. Okay, give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying uh, so we can move on. And I'm going to give you guys uh, a stock pick that I like right now. Um, so um, uh, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Um, some, of, some of you have asked how to how to meet with me directly or do private consultations, things like that. Uh, we do uh, I do some limited stuff like that. So feel free to email Chanel at boycewalkins.com. Chanel is spelled with a C and it's one N and two L's. So Chanel at boycewalkins.com. Send her an email if you want me to come to your church and do a, a stock options training or something like that. I like to do stuff like that every now and then. So feel free to reach out to Chanel if that's something that interests you. All right. So the stock that I like today is Nike. Nike's ticker symbol is NKE. 
Uh, Nike is a company that, according to analysts, is poised to do well uh, in the future. Uh, now, remember, with investing, Warren Buffett has a saying that if you can't own a stock uh, for 10 years, you shouldn't own it for 10 minutes. So uh, that means that when I tell you guys about stocks that I like, it is because I see them as good long-term investments. And I'll tell you what, Nike is a quality company uh, right now. Uh, there appears to be um, a little bit of underpricing possibly there. Again, this is debatable, but uh, based on my research, Nike is a good place to put some money right now. So feel free to take a look at Nike. Uh, this is not investing advice, but this is something that I'm going to invest in myself. All right, guys. So uh, anyway, um, please hit that thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. I'm going to head on out of here. Uh, and don't forget my wife and I on DrBoysTV.com. We did uh, that analysis on Biggie and Tupac last night in terms of conflict resolution and the economic loss that occurs in the black community when we are when we have folks that are committed to killing each other and how, uh, you know, this hip hop music industry, which is owned by people who are not black, uh, was built around sort of destroying black wealth, destroying black families, destroying the futures of our kids. And it makes me sad. Uh, in fact, I know a lot of rappers. I know a lot of famous rappers, the, the most famous out here, um, you know, Kanye and guys like that. I've sat on the phone with these guys for a long time. And uh, the more I know about the hip hop music industry, the more I feel like it's a curse. If you become a successful rapper, honestly, I don't think it's a blessing. I think it's a curse. Uh, a lot of the rappers that I know, they got to worry about somebody killing them or, or they're they're mixed in a toxic culture that's very anti-family, anti-wealth, anti-health, uh, more likely to kill you at an early age. I mean, if you look at how many rappers die young, it's very, very sad. And so uh, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, that we've been convinced to kind of glorify culture that's really killing us. You know, um, I, I don't I don't I'm not comfortable with the idea that uh, we have uh, people who are not black that are paying people to call us the N word and the B word. And we love that. Like, we really like that stuff. And I, I just don't it's very confusing to me. And I also think it's um, if you look at the standard messaging that's really coming out of hip hop in general, not not all rappers, but some of them, uh, you know, in terms of drug drug use disrespect of women, uh, financial irresponsibility, sexual irresponsibility, all of these things are anti-wealth. So uh, if you want to know uh, my two cents, I believe that the hip-hop music industry just owes black people reparations. The people that own these big record labels that have made hundreds of billions of dollars destroying us, they should they should be writing big checks, too, because uh, this culture you've been pushing throughout our community is not something that our people ask for. And uh, I encourage you to consider that when you when someone asks you, why is black wealth going down? That that guy, I told you, I met that computer science uh, professor uh, on the uh, on the airplane from India. And we were just talking about what I do. And he was very interested in what I did, you know, and I was you know interested in what he did. And uh, and one thing that he uh, he and I talked about was uh, just um you know, hip hop. And, and he, he said, you know, I, I don't, he said, honestly, I admit, I don't understand, um, you know, some of the messages that, that come out. And I, I feel like they're very harmful and disrespectful. And, uh, and I agree with him 100%. I think that we have to really look around and figure out what it is that's causing our people to not get what we deserve and get where we need to go. And it's going to require some hard work. It's going to require us to be courageous enough to speak up on things that uh, that might make people think you're a hater or a simp or a punk or a jerk. Uh, I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is winning. And I know what winners look like and I know what losers look like. And I don't want to be a loser. So um, everybody in here, I congratulate you for being courageous enough to hear the ideas that are here. I don't ask you to agree with me. Uh, you have complete freedom of thought and expression. Uh, but at the end of the day, we've got to turn over every rock. We've got to do the hard work. We've got to analyze situations in ways that, that don't fit into somebody's box of political correctness, because that's the only way 
we are going to find a solution to these problems. If we do not do this, then we will have the same problems 50 years from now that we have right now. And I ain't going out like that. I don't know about y'all. So RIP to Tupac. Uh, my wife and I did our analysis earlier about that and conflict resolution, everything else. Feel free to go take a look at that at drboystv.com. Also, I hope you'll join uh, join us. My wife will be at the All Black National Convention with us uh, October 20th in Atlanta. You can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. And uh, as I mentioned to you guys, I wasn't making it up when I said it cost us over a quarter million dollars to do this. I'm very proud that we did this without any corporate sponsorship. We're not talking to big corporations or anything like that. Um, uh, we, we Small black businesses, we will allow them to be a part of it, but we don't go to the, the Bank of Americas and the, the Targets and the McDonald's and all that because we know that they will restrict what we're able to do and the people that we're able to invite and the things we're able to say. So we did this on our own. We also don't take any government money. So we pulled this quarter million dollars out of, you know, out of the, the coffers of, the, of what we're doing in the black business school. And uh, we made that investment to bring together the brain trust that our community needs. I got the, the best black experts in every field from politics to relationships to, uh, to how to raise your children to education, to economics. Of course, we got you covered completely in the economic categories. And um, and they're there solving problems specifically for black people. I'm super proud of that. And I'm super honored that you for, to, by those of you who have supported this. And, uh, and I, I share this openly because I want you to know what's happening with this money. Like when I say, hey, this, you know, this, we're doing this course and here's the cost or here's a book you can buy. Uh, I know we, we give away a lot of things for free, but we can't do everything for free because we're in a battle. We're in a war, you know, just like Ukraine got $120 billion from the United States, $120 billion to fight their war against Russia. They know they can't win their war without money. They know they can't win their war without financial support. So the same thing is true here. We're not Ukrainian. I, I don't have the privilege of being white, but I am a black man who believes deeply in what I do. Y'all seen this consistently. I'm not just saying it. You, I've proven it. I hope I've done over 20,000 conversations with you in the last decade about black wealth and black wealth only in black family and, and all these other things. And uh, the same way the Ukrainians needed $120 billion to win their war, we can we can win our war. We don't need $120 billion to win it. We've been able to win it with a few million dollars. But that $20 million that we've raised over the last seven or eight years, we have pumped that right back into this fight, this battle. And you are seeing evidence everywhere, all throughout the world where we're winning this war. You've seen it. You, we go to London and, and people show up in London. We go all around the globe. And there are millions of you out here right now who can say, and I'm very proud of this, who can say, I got started with black wealth because of something that happened in the black business school. So, you know, I, I share this openly. I don't talk about this stuff very often, but I'm sharing this with you guys directly to let you know that when we ask for support, if you've got the ability to help us get this done, uh, just know that it will not be in vain. We will fight on the front lines. I will do this fight until I die. We've got a bunch of soldiers that are ready to go at it. A lot of you are fighting with your families and I applaud you because I am, can guarantee you Intelligent black people and their children and their grandchildren by the year 2070 are going to run the world in a, a generation or two. It's going to take time. This stuff is not this is not fly by night. This is not a weekend warrior kind of thing. This is not something that happens overnight. This is not about about fast money. This is about the slow, meticulous, consistent effort required to build sustainable power and the kinds of institutions that can change the entire world.
So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be the smartest people in the room. It's just going to take time. So feel free to join us uh, at All Black National Convention, allblacknationalconvention.com is where you can learn more. And I appreciate those of you who are going on this journey with us. You are so invaluable. I love you so much. You are 100% precious to me. And God bless all of you. So um, I'm going to get on out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot and I'm getting, I, I get emotional when I talk about it because I believe in the dream that much. And I know that we're going to win this battle. So, uh, so thank you all for being a part of this and thank you all for um, helping us to win this war. All right. So anyway, guys, I'm going to get on out of here. God bless you. Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. If you'd like to get those profit alerts uh, sent to you via text, just text the word stock to 31996. And uh, also um, just a reminder, also, you guys know we have our, we, we, we actually invested in, uh, in a black owned social media platform. It, right now it's called Black Enough. We're actually going to change the name. We're going to brand it as B1 Nation uh, instead of Black Enough. But right now, if you go to blackenough.com, uh, you can join. And there's about 60,000 of you on Black Enough. And it's a great way to connect and meet with people who are like-minded. Uh, we don't let everybody in. That's why we ask you three questions before you can get in. And if you don't answer the questions right, we do not let people in. We don't want any foolishness, any chaos, any ridiculousness. We only want positive thinking people who want to actually solve problems, who actually want to do better, who want our community to win. So if that's you... Uh, then feel free to go to blagenough.com. All right. So I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I will see you all really, really soon. I'm about to go run with my wife. And uh, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys a little bit later. Love you. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to co-side for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.